podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash fmlfpl. We have both taken small steps backwards this week. Our teams look good, though. Ready to move forward. How do you feel? How'd you do this week? Uh, you know, just the classic Red Arrow, Red Arrow special, Animal special. Feeling good, though. I brought in the uh, Ginger Prince, Har- Harold the God, Kevin De Bruyne. Feels good. Feels good. How are you doing? Well, so I was working until like 9 p.m. on Friday. It was the latest, it's probably the latest we've ever lambsed. I came back, you told me you brought in Kev, and we didn't really talk about it. I need to hear more about that pick. What went? Because you're the only person that has him in the actual world. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, the it was just a, like a culmination of many injuries in my team that forced my hand. So, I mean, I had Dilva, which is the, the spot I replaced with Kevin. And I also had Trent, who was dead. I also had Federico Fernandez, who was dead. So I was looking realistically, and like Bobby Firm, obviously we talked about last podcast, that it's someone who I'm a little bit sort of reverse out of position, not someone who I was thrilled about owning. And it was kind of a now-or-never situation. Realistically, what I would have done otherwise would have done, I would have done Trent to Alonzo, and I would have probably gotten Pereira in instead of, in, instead of Dilv to make that money. And I was really looking at the medium long term about you know what's going to make me happy with my team. If I made that double switch to get Alonzo and Pereira, and it would have really boxed me out of Kevin a hundred percent for a while. Much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much permanently, unless I had like a Sonny injury or Sterling injury, or you know waiting until Sun goes away for his Asian Cup, you know North Korean tactics and things like this. But <laughs> I wanted to get Kevin in because I love him so much. He has red hair, and I love people that have red hair so much. I love Kevin, I, and I just love Kevin so much. I want to get in players that I love so much, and that's what I did. Period. That's really the end of the end of the story. It's just I I wanted to get someone in that he's going to be on the top of everyone's watch list within the next week. He uh, he, al- he already is. He already is. Yeah, he he scored a fucking banger today. It was an interesting ta- topic on Slack the last couple of days, especially today since he scored the goal. But we're talking about kind of Man City's midfield. We know Pep rotates heavily. And you know we're we're looking back towards last season when Bill Bernardo Silva was was kind of on the peripheral. He, he periphery. Yeah. He was not really trusted by Pep yet. He was not playing ninety consistently for you know. He was kind of get, getting in and out of the team. And this season, you know, we we have David Silva, Dilv, and Bill and and Kevin. Kevin really last season was the only midfielder in the team besides Fernandinho who was. Hundred percent nailed on, not rotated at all, and so that I mean, I'm kind of also banking on that. Like he's not thirty, thirty two, thirty three, whatever. Like Dilv is, and he's just the the absolute engine room master of the city midfield. So I think that he's going to play a lot, and now that he's fit, he's played fucking fifteen minutes all season. He's been dead all year, so. I think he's just going to be a really good pick. And again, you know, it was the kind of pick. Like if I didn't do it now. 
I may never do it. And I just wanted to get like my old friend in, you know? Yeah. That's it. I guess the things that I would have brought brought up are just like he's probably eyeing well, a hundred percent obviously Pep is gonna go with his his first eleven against Liverpool on January third. And I feel like he's just gonna be managing Kev and managing Kuhn until then. It's like maybe they'll start one and play some minutes in the in the three leading up to that, something like that, with no rest. Still got to manage the injuries. Still want Kev for the whole season. He's not going to just like play, you know, two hundred seventy minutes in the next fucking like week. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the I, thing I, about- I, I do see your point. There's like there's no. There's literally no one else in that remote price bracket that you could have gotten to where you would have been able to have like a placeholder for Kev, which is, I guess, the problem. I guess your only other option was like take a hit and make it hazard. But yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I mean, see if, if, if my entire defense didn't die, I probably would have gotten hazard in yeah. and gotten a sub seven million attacker in for Firmino. But realistically, the other thing, like you, you know, you're mentioning about, Speculating on how he's going to manage Kevin's minutes, but yeah. I—that's something I've completely like unsubscribed to—is the like anticipating how Pep is going to manage Man City assets. I just don't want to spend time thinking about it, and I just want to get them all in because yeah. they score four plus at will. The the and only difference is this is managing an injury. This isn't managing. Fair. You know what I mean. That, that's the only uh, difference. But I see yeah. what you mean. I mean it. It's like short term. I feel like it may be whatever and not be that great. But you'd imagine from game week twenty two through the rest of the season, he's top five midfielder. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's a a hundred percent chance that he doesn't start this weekend against Palace. Yeah, that's a very that's a very real, and I'm very nervous about that. He could play, you know. I I just don't He'll know. Probably what play the, twenty thirty minutes if I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't feature, then I expect him to come off the bench and play twenty thirty. But you know, the, that's that's just what I'm looking at in terms of last week and and long terming it. That I just wanted to get the player in, so did it. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's that. But one other thing is that just Gabriel on Twitter, huge Venezuelan merchant. He 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 wrote in, "Can you please spend ten minutes talking about Rondon?" And I feel like that was just for you because obviously I don't have him. Yeah, I mean, Big Sal, it's it's the same thing. I, I fucking, about a month ago, I was shouting him from the rooftops and I brought him straight in. And people thought I was trolling or making fun of things or just being a little bit silly, a little ridiculous. He's just a fucking stud. He's really good. He just finishes. He's a good head on him. And, you know, for a team like Newcastle, and they don't create like a ton of chances, obviously, but. You know, Big Sal, he scores a goal and, you know, he's in the BAPS because the defenders are horrible. They don't have the pass completion percentage, so they're not going to get good BPS numbers. And, you know, Rondon's just good. He's just a good player. And you, you ride a player like that when the fixtures are good. They have home Fulham and it's diabolical. And he's absolutely shredded my team after the home Fulham game. But, you know, it's the kind of thing, you know, you, you ride these types of players when they have good fixtures and it's just, it's come in. It, it's been good. Good job by you. Um, yeah, good job. I also got a red arrow. Did you notice we're on the exact same overall points? Did not notice that. That that's, makes me feel really sad because we're both horrible. That's insane, though. How is that even fucking possible? Holy shit. Same, same numbers? 
Same numbers, Vinny. Uh, um, I took another hit this week. I, I did what I said I might do on last pod, which was I got rid of Salah, mostly for Kane. I also upgraded Glenner and Arnie, so that's good. I, even though Kane only assisted and Bilva and Mitro blanked, it's still net positive because Glenner is awful and got one point and Arnie's obviously mm-hmm. a zero. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about my team. I mean, the Kane cap was... Fine. It felt. I, mean, I, I want to stop you there. Do housekeeping and let's push on. What? I'm not going to talk about my team. No, you're, that was enough. Wow. No, I want to get into Kane and Spuds, but I don't want to like taint it with your like. With oh, thing. like Van okay. Dyke, one more Van thing. Dyke got two points. Like, okay, okay, okay. No one one more thing before housekeeping. Mister Tools, absolute question merchant <laughs> legend on Slack. He said, first question, and I thought that this was applicable before we move on, what is the pod schedule looking like for the festive period? Just wondering when I need to submit two game weeks worth of questions. Good job by him. Just wanted to get this out of the way. So we're planning on podding on Sunday, and then we're going to pod on Thursday, and then we're not sure yet for the the fucking clusterfuck of game week nine or game week um 20 and 21 which are actually one day apart so i don't know what we're gonna do there yet but just wanted to get that out of the way at the end of the day do not call me fpl lieutenant and you are not fpl major where we're gonna take like a three-week break when it's fixture pileup we will be here and we will be there yeah that's not that's just not what we do here so the pileup comes and and we we ride that wave with you. Um, so let's do housekeeping. So shout out to the FML Female Prize League slash Mug League leader slash coaster winner for you know or you know whatever the fuck for December with the fixture pileup. Still Balfour is holding it down. He's gone from 15k to 1k in December so far. That's why he's on top right now. Still three game weeks left in December though, so a lot lot of action. Um, Shout out to Goal Scorers Challenge League leader. Still Magic Mike retaining his fucking magic touch. Erickson pick this weekend extends his lead to two goals. And lastly, shout out to the FMLFL Public League. Still Pajolski up to 17th overall. Good job by him. All right. So Spurs was a very contentious thing in Slack this weekend. Hold on, and do you want to get Marino out of the way or no? No, I mean, does that impact FPL right now? They have like they're not going to be able to buy Hals and Haltel. It's probably <laughs> just gonna, they're going to be sad for a few weeks. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think matter. there's much for FPL. There's not much to say other than everything yeah. is wait and see, and no one is an option. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, what are we going to buy? Like Delo? Like it, it just does not matter. Yeah. And it might like I'm interested, but it's all yeah, wait and see. Obviously, very interested. They have players who they're better than wolves. I, I mean, right. they have players that are good, but it's just for right now. There's no no purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, okay, uh, but I'm looking on. at Spurs because because you are the most anti can. It would be equivalent to me buying like Felipe Anderson. Yes, you took a you took a hit to get Kane in, Captain Kane. Yes, you were absolutely on a. Torrential shit fuck yes. against Spurs during yes. every second of that game. Yes. Kane got an assist. You didn't want it. You wanted to throw it away back into the sea. You wanted like a red card from Kane captain to get negative, double negative points. 
What yes. are you seeing? What are you seeing out of Spurs? You thought that the performance was diabolical. Tell me more about that. Does this mean I'm a masochist? I think so, right? Because I it's kind of just wanted it's that somewhere disaster. In between. It's somewhere in between. It's somewhere in between. Okay. Um, I thought that Spurs... Okay, I've, I have takes on this. One take that I'll bring up that's sort of a positive spin on it before I go dark is... There's a weird thing this season where, despite there being a mid-table, which is also weird and new for the Premier League, the bottom teams are so absolutely horrific, like Burnley, who Spurs had this weekend, that we're seeing a rotation from the top teams, who are really good, in games against these teams because they're just walks in the park. Like, we're not used to seeing, like, it, I feel like in past seasons, if it's like Spurs versus a bottom five team or whatever, it's still the first 11. And that's where you get the maybe potential for 3 0, potential for 4 0, potential for Kane hat trick or something. But Potch just comes out with fucking Davis at center back and fucking Skippy in midfield and Lamella <laughs> and Mora. Like, he's just like, this is an easy ass game. Burnley offer absolutely no threat at all. And he, you know, he got paid back for that. So that's a good job by him. Um, regarding Kane, yeah, I mean, I regretted my decision a lot after watching this match. I mean, he offered exactly zero threat on goal. I mean, his shots were both basically non-shots. And he created one chance, which was the Ericsson goal. And that's, you know, that's all they needed to do to win. So that's good. I think he was noticeably deeper. Lamella was kind of playing the sun role. Lamella took every shot in the game. Uh, Lucas Mora also had a decent chance, and Kane was kind of deeper than both of them, and it felt really, really bad. But the one thing that I've kind of like come full circle on was that first point that I brought up is that it's a weird season with the rotation, and it's sort of... I feel like it's at the point where it's sort of better for like a cane cap to be up against like Everton, Bournemouth and Wolves the next three than it is to be like home to Burnley because they just play fucking Scipio in midfield and they create nothing and they're just garbage. So I don't know. I, That's I, where I'm at. I don't I don't like how much you're you're slandering against Scipio. No, I mean he's just my he he's best. my scapegoat. He was fine, yeah, yeah. but he's not Ericsson, so, you know. And that's that's like literally the like for like that was made, you know. Okay, so so my take is decidedly on the polar opposite. I think from you for the Spurs game. So for number one, no Ericsson, no Son means that two of their four best attackers were not on the pitch, uh, zero to seventy minutes, which is significant. You know, we we were talking about Slack a lot. Like, you know, you're a Liverpool supporter, right? And you know, I'm you're going nuts about how fucking shit ass Kane has been for the first half for sixty minutes, whatever. And you're saying to me, it's like this is why if if this was Liverpool and you don't have you would be like, This is why you don't have Salah. And I'd be like, Yeah, exactly. And for you, you're like, This is why I wouldn't want Kane because the team is bad. But if Liverpool run out the team and they have like no Firmino and no Mane and they have Salah sitting all by his fucking self, and they're creating nothing. It's the exact same thing. So I, that's I what think I just it was, said. That's like exactly what I just said. Yeah, I don't know, man. I was fucking looking at stats and shit oh, while you were great. talking. Oh, good, good job by me. Was that bad? Actual? No, that's fine. But that is basically what I was just saying as to why I'm like sort of okay with the bad performance because 
in those mid table matchups that are all their their next three matches are against the like decent mid table teams. There's the Spurs are going to run out their first eleven, and they should be yeah. more explosive and create more. That's basically what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you don't even fucking you. listen to me anymore. No, no, I listen, but like sometimes I don't, and sometimes I don't. Okay, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine. But in general, I just I just feel like you know Kane. It's it's the same thing that he just doesn't look it for ninety minutes. He just gets an assist, ten points, like no problem. He always finds a way to just get a little cheeky return. And when he doesn't get a cheeky return, he is like Rose diving on the left. He has Trippier like putting in great balls from the right on set pieces, and it just always happens. And it just feels like it's a good like safety security blanket. And I am just like not worried about Spurs. Like, the fixtures are still really good for the long run. And you know now that they have no Champions League games for like fucking two months, they're going to be playing their their best eleven until Sunny Boy goes to fucking Korea wherever the fuck. They're going to just be great. I think they're going to just take along, score three plus, and Kane. I think just Kane is just great. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. I do. I, the thing that I was most mad at myself, I think, after watching that game, is that like it's one of the first. It's definitely the first transfer of this season that I made, like basically out of fear. Like I, I right. have been saying all season how bad Kane's been, and I've been shitting on him on the pod as recently as like two pods ago. And then out of nowhere, my brain just flipped and was like, I have to do everything in my power to get Kane. And I think a large part of that was Liverpool's awful fixtures and kind of like, where am I going to go from there and who am I going to captain? And that was really the driving force behind Kane, but I'm totally fine with it. And I agree with you, it's fine and the fixtures are good and he's Kane and he just returns for fun. And I think I do, I do strongly believe that like, even though these matches are worse on paper at Everton, home Bournemouth, home Wolves, than home Burnley, the first 11 is so much better than what fucking dog shit they ran out last week that the goals will come, I think. Yeah, yeah, they'll come. Yeah, so that's right. Kane. What, what else we got? Um, I think we should talk about Hazard. I mean, he is okay. just, as soon as we got rid, or at least I got rid, he's just, now playing false nine, and he's returned for four straight. Uh, James on Twitter said, I can afford either, but only one of Hazard or Sané. If money's no object, who's the better pick going forward? Also, FPL, FPL Classico on Twitter, he said, Hazard did well in the last two games in which Morata and Giroud didn't play. Looks like his new role works well for him and the team, but will both Morata and Giroud keep being benched? Yeah, I mean, Hazard's, it's... Once again, I, I don't know how broken record-ish of broken records we can feel. We've said this three pods ago, six pods ago, nine pods ago. He will always return and he will always tick when he's fit, period. There's no question about that. The The main issue is that he's expensive and that captaining him is a very suspect situation. I mean, he has games where he just doesn't make a shot attempt, period, and he's just not that kind of a volume player. You know, he'll make some side passes on the counterattack and he might get a couple assists here and there. But, you know, realistically to me, when I've been watching Chelsea play the last few game weeks, his his assists in, in the last three, you know, he's he had the, the goal and the assist game. But before that, he had two assists, one assist, one assist, nine, five, six. But he could have had zero everything in all three of those games. It, they, he didn't really create anything. It was just. A counterattack where he's making a side pass and someone's doing something. So, 
I just don't think that at, still to this day that he's 11 million, that he's really worth that price. And, you know, if, if you've owned him since 10-5, 10-6, there's no sense in getting rid. But I'd still rather have someone like Sterling or Sané, someone who has a hat-trick potential in them. And I, I, I just don't think Hazard is the same caliber of FPL player. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's been hard with Hazard this year because I feel like we've not really flip-flopped because the circumstances have changed and therefore our opinions have kind of gone back and forth. I agree with you. Obviously, he's going to return points. That's not even a question. Early in the season, he felt like he was the most important person to get in all of FPL because Chelsea looked different and he looked different than he had ever looked before. Then it kind of went back to normal Hazard, and he was just hit or miss every week. Maybe he gets a lucky assist, maybe he gets a pen. And now it's kind of like, is he going to stay false nine? Sorry is still a new manager. Like He's still figuring out what the best way is to win, what his best 11 is. One thing that you could say confidently with Hazard in past seasons is that like, a home banker type of like Kane, Salah type of home banker is not really the case with Hazard because Chelsea were under such defensive managers. They didn't like dominate the ball and create a lot, but maybe that's maybe that's changing with Sarri and maybe that's changing with Hazard at false nine. The only thing that I can definitively say with Hazard is that I agree with you. He's going to be good. He's going to tick points. I still don't like him as a captaincy over Kane or anyone on City or Salah. I think it's the main thing to me is just that game on game, no matter who they're playing, if it's a home banker or in a way against a bottom five team, not even bottom 10, bottom five team, he could still have zero shots on target in those games. He's literally done that this season. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not surprising when that happens. Like Mo, actually inconceivable that he won't have at least three shots in those games. It's just, he's the, it's impossible. It's fundamentally impossible. And, and it, with Hazard, it is. So that's the thing is like, if, if you feel good enough, if your team is set up that you have two other captaincy options like this and that, then it's okay to have him. But it's just, he's very expensive. And, you know, for him, for him to, for you to be able to skate by with him just being your, you know, your third premium guy. And that's fine if that's your case and your defense is good and things like this. But, you know, he's just, he's, he's very difficult to rely on. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it obviously looks bad when he returns in four straight and neither of us have him, but he is right around the corner from probably blanking in five straight. I mean, I don't know at what point we would both have to just get him. If he stays in the false nine and he returns, you know, three out of the next four and he starts in all those and plays false nine, then maybe. We're you know saying different things like okay now he's just striker and now he just shoots all the time that's possible but as of right now we just don't know enough information I mean like Barkley was in the team for three weeks and then fucked off and now Pedro's in the team for two or three weeks he's probably gonna get fucked off like we just uh, nothing is settled and so we just don't know enough I feel like. Yeah, and it's also interesting just that, you know, they have really good fixture run for the the short to medium term, but I still feel like City are four goals plus every game. And when I watch Chelsea, you know, they put two past Brighton, but they, you know, they kind of struggled in the second half. They they weren't that open. The the midfield three is still always just like 
know, they're not that attacking. They're kind of a more balanced team. And, you know, th- there's a lot of players in that price bracket at midfield for FPL that I want more than Hazard. So we'll have to see. Well, it's interesting. We'll no, it's see. very interesting. But the yeah. must be said, the underlying numbers back what we're seeing more than backing like Chelsea being a top attacking team or something. Like they're a trillion behind City and XG. They're also behind Liverpool. They're basically same as Spurs on XG. And then even this month, if you sort it by XG, they're like tenth. You know, it's like Liverpool and City and then Arsenal, the teams you'd expect. And Chelsea are just not there. They're not like creating tons and tons of chances all the time. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Stuff. All right. What else we got? Um, so City, we you kind of already did the Kev talk, but a lot of people were writing in about Kuhn. Dongfest on Slack. Is it too soon to bring Kuhn back into our squads? Factorilla on Slack. I've been planning to get Kuhn back in, but worried it'll fuck my structure up a bit. Is two premium strikers a fool's errand? I have Kane. Or do you think this will help me get ahead of the curve? And Paul on Twitter, I want to hear Walsh talk about how he sees the City midfield three over the next little while. I mean, that was a lot of action. Where do you do you want to start with the the Kuhn versus Jesus or, or the midfield? I mean, there's not that much to say about Kuhn. If he's fit, we I mean, he started today, so that's a good sign for his fitness. I still think that he and Kev will be managed. Maybe they'll start at Leicester and probably rested home palace at Southampton all for the Liverpool game, which is by far the most important game of the season. It could decide the title race. Um, So I think I see it a little bit differently just because Jesus recently, best I've seen Jesus play since he like was bought by City, what was that, maybe a year or two ago? Like those first few performances. Two seasons ago where he just returned every single single week. Yeah, he was electric. He had like a run of six games, I think. He returned every single game and he was just all over the place. He yeah, just I remember like before fucking... last season, it was like who to get, Kuhn or Jesus. Yeah, that was like a looked, thing. Yeah, he looked like a world beater. And last game, Brace, he looked back to that form. Uh, game before, he also looked very good. So I think it's like a little bit interesting that maybe Kuhn, especially off of an injury, might be managed a little bit more than we thought initially when. He was just playing 60-ish every, every game week, week because yeah. Jesus was a fucking one-legged piece of fuck. But <laughs> at midfield, I still think back to last year. And, you know, you watch Kevin play. He's fucking insanely good. He's so no, good. He's easily uh, the best midfielder in the league. Like, Aguero couldn't crack into the eleven on the Argentinian national team. Like, they have, like, Higuain and obviously Messi and things like this, but... You know, to think that Kevin would not crack into any eleven in anywhere in the world is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thought. He walks into he's, every team. Yeah, he's a level above. Like Kuhn's obviously a good goal scorer, obviously a good number nine, no question about that. Kevin is a top two number ten in the world. He's so good. So I don't think that he's gonna rotate he, last season, Kevin was never he never missed a league game ever. He was just the first name in the team she do played every single every single game and I think it's gonna be more of the same. It's just a matter of him building up fitness. And you know, he, he played twenty minutes on the weekend, he started today, scored a worldie, and he's I think he's gonna come back in the weekend. I just I think Kevin is just so good. Yeah, I think I mostly agree with that. I just think it'll take a little longer than you do, but basically the yeah. same outlook, I guess. 
As far as the midfield three go, I think that it would be foolish to say anyone other than Kevin and Fernandinho are nailed, which means Dilva and Bilva both complete stayaways for me. Yeah. One, you know, yeah. basically I, starting I now. I mean, I have Bilva. He was my two week punt. He's just a Richarlison placeholder, but he's one trillion percent out of my team after this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, so that's interesting because it kind of lowers the amount of play, like the city player pool that we can choose from, especially if Jesus and Kuhn kind of start rotating a little bit more. So that's definitely something to monitor. I like your your midfield three. It's just great. Yeah, I really do think that they're going to start rotating a little bit more, especially now that Jesus has found some form. Like it It makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to just keep riding Kuhn into the ground. Yeah, when he Jesus will get hurt looking, again. No yeah, question, he'll get hurt again. And when Jesus is looking like this, like it just yeah, 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 it's just such a long season with the Champions League teams. It's just like yeah, there's, there's so many more games left in their yeah, seasons. Yeah. Um, I think that's mostly it. Besides questions, unless there's something else that you want to kind of like hit on. Um, I don't know if you have this in questions, but a couple of people DM me about about just cheap. Strikers, which I thought was an interesting topic. Because yes, there are a bunch of questions about that, but right. let's just talk about it. I mean, like, well, give, give the shout outs and then we'll get in there. Yeah, let me find them. Frederick on Facebook wants to know Ings versus Jimenez. We have oh, Barrack on Slack with so many premium assets firing on all cylinders. It feels like the budget striker spot is an inevitable part of everyone's team. Is transferring them in and out based on fixtures slash form a sustainable strategy, or should we set and forget? Um. Yeah, I mean that that's mostly it for strikers' questions. But yeah, I mean it is an interesting topic, and I feel like we've talked about it every week. Yeah. So I I think Mitrovic is the most interesting talking point because okay, Ful- Fulham have looked really subpar the last couple of game weeks yeah. under under Anuri about just. You know he's he's clearly trying to be solid, and they they're like the only team left in the English fucking football division of yeah, it's like one the million teams. divisions or something. Yeah, it's I can't even comprehend how many teams there are that haven't kept a clean sheet, and he's he's clearly trying to do that, and they're not playing possession football like they were before under Jokanovic, and you know that Mitrovic has looked a little bit off the boil. It's just that they're not getting the 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 volume in the final third. They're just not not in that in that region as much. And despite the good fixtures, I'm very much losing faith in Mitrovic. I feel like he's just a bad pick, no matter what the fixtures say. I I just don't think that they're going to have enough enough opportunity in the final third. And I I think he's just a bad pick. I don't know. Yeah, what's I'm, interesting I'm about Mitro is that yeah, I thought Fulham looked pretty bad against West Ham and especially like second half they just seemed to like lose everything and West Ham just pulled away but what's interesting with Mitro is his stats are still really good like he had eight touches in the box four shots three of them in the box he created like those two Kamara really good chances that Kamara fucked up and on another day, like he could easily have walked away with a goal and an assist, and the phone performance yeah. would not have been much different to 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 earn that. I'm worried about it because I just brought him in for sure, but I'm not as worried as you. I think that, like, I I'm just watch highlights like an hour ago, so it's like very fresh in my mind. But there were a bunch of times where he was 
inches away from being clean through on goal and like Balbuena would make a last ditch, you know, tackle to, to yeah, block it out or something, you know, and it was just like yeah. that shouldn't happen regularly away to Newcastle home wolves, home Huddersfield. He's still the main man. I I think he's okay. But that said, Ings is probably better than all of these guys. Yeah, so before we get to Ings, but the, the same thing with Mitrovic, like you're just talking to me about, is similar to what I was thinking about with Felipe Anderson. I mean, I think Felipe Anderson is probably a cut above, just in terms of quality and ability. But when you're relying on your your uh, your your teammates to finish things, to create things for you, and you're playing on a bottom ten team, it's very difficult. Like that's why I think they're not a bottom ten team, West Ham. Okay, fine. They're fucking. They're a top ten team. Yeah, yeah, eighth or whatever. (laughs) That's fine, fine. But with Mitrovic, like that's why I'm I'm thinking about a player like Zaha, where it's just like it doesn't matter who the fuck is playing around Zaha. If he beats three guys down the left wing and he cuts in and he shoots, like he's going to score. You know, if he dives or gets fucking hacked down in the penalty area, he's going to get an assist because it's going to be a pen. When I'm looking at Mitrovic, it's like, you know, he, he just like, it's going to be on a corner kick or an indirect side piece yeah. or something like this. And he has to have some things going right for him and he needs volume. Like he doesn't need. They don't. If they have two indirect set pieces in a game, he's not going to score. But if they have seven, then he he might get something from that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what they were doing under Jokanovic, and they're not doing that anymore. And so that's why I'm a little right. bit concerned about him. I just feel like at that price, you know, Callum obviously is like a little bit injured. He might come back, but I'm just I'm just nervous about it. I, yeah. I, no, I, I mean, know. it was a bad week for to bring him in from my perspective. Yeah. Like if yeah, yeah. if this was a week later, if my moves were made a week later, I would not have considered Mitrovic over Jimenez or Ings, honestly. Yeah. Um but so, so yeah. let, let's go to Ings though, because Ings I you know, they have Hulse and Haltel back in there and he's fucking five four. He's no, basically that, free. The price it's silly. Is, the the price makes him the best value Probably picking the game, but definitely best value forward, not even remotely close. Yeah. I mean, he he should be slowly making his way into nearly every team. I think so. I honestly yeah, think so. Five, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, 5 4. And especially when you have a player like that who is so cheap at 5 4 on pens, when they play a top four side, you always have that in the back pocket where you don't have to bench him. You know, like if he's 5 4 and he's not on pens, and they're going to City or they're going to, you know, Chelsea or Liverpool. You want to bench the player, but if they're on pens, you always have that in the back of your mind. So, yeah, five four. I mean, he's he's good. He's he's a great back. And the only thing that I'll say with Ings, and it's kind of the exact same thing that I was just saying about Kuhn and Kev, is that this period, this these next four game weeks, no team has more than like fucking ten total days off in the next four game weeks. He's just back off injury. He's super injury prone to begin with. I'm just a little bit worried that the matches that you want him for, which are the next two away, Huddersfield, home, West Ham, maybe he gets rested for one of those. There's minutes are managed just coming off of injury. I mean, he got subbed off early against Arsenal probably because he's off injury. And then like the two after that are home city at Chelsea, and that's really bad. So I think it's defensible to wait until after the Chelsea match. Maybe he shows fitness, and then he should just be the main man for the rest of the season, or as long as he's fit. But that's the only thing I'm like slightly worried about him. Like why I probably wouldn't do like a Mitrovic to Ings move. I think. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you can also reason at the other side of the coin and just say home city at Chelsea, zero points out of six is definitely what's going to happen there, no matter if you have Ings or not. So you want to run them out there for Huddersfield. Home West Ham, the winnable matches, you know, you, yeah, yeah, the winnable game. So we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see but, there. And then there's Jimenez too. He just returns every fucking week. Fucking donkey, absolute donkey. I mean, yeah, he, people who went Jimenez like, you know, back when it was like Jimenez or Callum or you know, I don't know. There were definitely moments in the season where it was like maybe Jimenez time or I don't know or Jimenez over Ings before when Ings was when Ings was fit is like those people are all flying like. He returns every week. Like he's he's just a really good pick at this point. It's just there's no yeah, other I way mean, to see it. He started out at five five, and he's now priced at six two. He has eleven returns in seventeen game weeks. He's just he's just been doing it. I mean, Wolves continue to be a you know a, a low like between the six and ten yeah place team in the table, and you know they're not scoring a ton of goals, but when they do score, he's usually in the middle of it because they only play like one and a half attackers, and he's the one. So <laughs> they really do. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just involved in everything, central yeah. to absolutely everything they do. Obviously, like a- Vinagre doesn't start, and they finally keep a clean sheet. Good job by me. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was just looking up as you were talking about him, and as also as. His goal involve his fantasy goal involvement percentage is sixty nine percent. Means sixty nine, bro. Sixty nine. When he's on the pitch, sixty nine percent of the goals that Wolves score, he's involved in. That's ridiculous. But yeah, then, I mean, but then Helder you look Costa at Ings. Is not getting any percentages. Ings is seventy eight percent. Danny Ings, bro. What the fuck? I've yeah. never seen a number that high for someone who plays regularly and starts regularly. Like that's ridiculous. The dingy boy. So basically it should be dingy boy, Mexican donk, and Callum. Yeah, I mean the three budget striker and super heavy midfield is definitely a thing that like people are asking about. Like Toby on Twitter, what are your thoughts on going huge in midfield and ditching premium strikers such as Kane and Abba? Sterling, Sané, Hazard, Salah would make up quite a midfield. Like I feel like that is a real strategy that we have not entertained that much. Um, and it seems viable because of these guys who are actually good options. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, uh, there's just many. What I responded to someone on Twitter was just there's many ways to be good at this game. And that's so, probably one of them. Yeah. So, next question from Slack comes from Attaboy Davy. United are an absolute dumpster fire piece of shit, and they just fired their manager. Do do you see any United assets as uh, FPL FPL uh, buys? Good shit by Davy Boy. There, I mean, he didn't send that in. I completely of course, made that up. Of course, um, I just have an eye on the attackers, and if yeah. they can bring in some sort of attacking manager. They have world absolute world class talent going forward, and they should be scoring lots of goals. And if like Paul is playing number ten or Martial, Rom, Rash, Alexis, and Mata, if any of those guys are nailed, that's interesting. But otherwise, no. Is Mata going to start playing ninety minutes? That would like, be incredible for him. I mean, he if he did, I have no doubt in my mind that he would just be great. 
Yeah, he would just double digit goal. And if he played like 3,000 minutes for United, he would have like 12 goals, 13 assists. Yeah, every he, season. He's a really Easily. good player. Oh, he just wants to cuddle everyone too. He's so cute. Yeah, I love him. Love him. Hope, hope he gets a chance. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, the, the defense is in, in general shambles just because of the amount of injuries they have and also just how bad the players are. Um, but yeah, I think attack, attack wise, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, Lukaku's obviously been very, very subpar this season from what we're used to. Um, yeah, he put on like 50 pounds, doesn't help. Ugh, 50 pounds, you know, it's just a lot of hot dogs, a lot of hot yeah. dogs. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, they have Rash, they just have a lot of guys. They have McLadene, they have Freddy Freds, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Yeah, so we just have no idea yet. But. We have no idea. Um, all right, let's do some questions. Factory on Slack. Should I just play Doherty instead of a third striker from now on? That's the other strategy, I guess. So I mean, no, I, I I still don't love playing the wing back on a team that's like a very questionable shout for a clean sheet. You know, I mean, home Liverpool bench at Fulham start at at Spurs bench home Palace start at City. It's just a rotate. I, I want to rotate that player. I think Ings is just better full stop. And you know, I if agree. you have the if you have the two of them and that's the eleventh spot on your on your team that you're rotating between, then you know you, you play the fixtures and I, I haven't looked at the, if if Southampton and, and Wolves rotate well, but I would still rather have the striker who's on pens at the basically same price. It's like point three now, maybe point four. Yeah. Um, then playing Dottery, Doc, Docker, fucking Doc. Doherty, Doherty. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Jabron mm-hmm. James on Slack. What defensive assets would you be targeting for the festive fixtures that give you the best blend of fixtures and nailedness? I, I mean, I don't know where to go there. Are we talking about budget? What What are you thinking there, bud? I'm I'm just looking at the fixture list right now, sort of. I mean, I outside of Liverpool, no other team has really shown the propensity to like be have a clean sheet shot in every fixture. I mean, City. Yeah, so I, I think Everton are, are my favorite there. Yeah, I, I think, think Dean part, yeah. and Richarlison well, well, just well, in well. general. Oh, go on, go on. I don't know who Dean is. I'm talking about Digny. Oh God, God. God damn it! They're fucking Americans. Yeah, you're Americans. Yeah, I think Everton Everton look good. Um, other than that, though, like I feel like Watford have like reasonable fixtures. They're not diabolical. Wolves also rotatable. I think Huddersfield are rotatable. They, they're just like a lot of teams that are. It's going to be a difficult thing because this is when you know it seems stupid because we all have you know. Between three or four defenders that we start every week, but when the fixture pileup happens and everyone's rotating like mad, and we're going to get some some rogue zero minutes, that this is going to make a big difference. You know, you can get an extra you know sixteen points in the month of December, or the month of January, between just like playing it right and getting a little bit lucky. So I think it's something at least that's like worth considering and not just fucking off completely. Yeah, and center backs in general are more rotation proof, so that may be something to focus on. But in in like the just back on Everton for a sec, I mean, I think starting game week nineteen, not this game week, but next game week, like I want, I want double Everton from then on for a while. I want Dean and I want Richarlison straight in, and I think they're both start every week. Yeah, so. Rich, Rich is good. 
Rich is great. He's just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think Rich is. Pr- I'm probably gonna get him in for a private Sunny Boy. Like, yeah, for Asian games. Yeah, Swan, Swan. Yeah, I mean, dude, City, fucking, they have one clean in their last like since game week eleven. They have one clean. That's been very bad for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Liverpool just do it every week. So I still think like I've had Van Dyke since my wild card, and he just it's been great. So that's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, half on Slack. Snodgrass is, is Snodgrass the perfect fifth mid? To which Mars replied, "He's the perfect third mid." I mean, you take this away. What are you? Are you still down on West Ham after that? So feel I the same. I, no, I'm 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 coming back to like reality. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just they're just decent. They're just know? good, and like yeah. Snod is pretty good. I think he's. Definitely a good first guy on the bench. I don't necessarily trust him every week. He relies mostly on just like an abundance of crosses, and I don't think he'll regularly score worldies. But one thing that that can be said about Snodgrass that most fifth mid type players you can't say about is he's had really good FPL seasons before. He's been actually relevant and put up like he had 150 points in 12 13, 130 points in 16 17. Like, He's a guy that does stuff. Yeah, the the thing that's interesting to me about Stonegrass is that I don't think he's ever had you know four game weeks in a row of returns. And yeah, probably never. He he relies in the past so much on just you know indirect set piece assists yeah. things like that. Well, he's always on a, the worst or like a bottom three. Yeah, no, four fair. Team. You know, yeah. he's been on Norwich and the like, and Hall and he's shit like that. Definitely but, on relegated at least twice. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he's not taking high, you know, high conversion rate chances in the box. Like he's shooting from outside the box. He's shooting from long yeah. range, and that's the kind of player he is. So that's why I was so down on him, but. At the same time, now you know he's sub he's sub six million. He's five five four, and you know he he's proving his worth. And he's on those indirect set pieces on corners, things like yeah. this. And, and he creates a ton yeah. of chances. Yeah, no, he does. He does. So you know he's he's fine. I just I just don't love him. I just, yeah, I, I don't love him as a starter. Still, yeah. I think yeah. Felipe is way better. So I thought back about Felipe like earlier today when I was thinking about the um, fireside chat with Kaylee because. The two guys that were, you know, not on like City or Liverpool that Kaylee brought up that were really popping in those progressive passing numbers were Madison and Felipe Anderson as to just like constantly putting through balls into the box. And even though those don't really lead to like lots of chances created, it's still leading to points. And it's interesting because usually it's one to one. If they create a lot of chances, they'll get assists. And if not, they won't get assists. But in Felipe's case, I mean, every time you watch him, every time West Ham are countering or he's on the ball, it's just like he's just so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. Jack on Slack for budget guys who have risen considerably in price. How much do you factor the purchase price into decisions on holding versus shipping a guy? Obviously, points is greater than value, but for me, I have Doc at four four. Fraser at 5'6", they're both top five at their position. I've been reluctant to ship them out, and that's been part of the reason why. Mm, that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's kind of like a buyer's remorse or, you know, yeah. kind of the seller, like fallacy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what is that but, fallacy called? Or something? Yeah, I can't I remember. Know. 
Dr. Ruth's fallacy. Yeah, Rene. Um, a sunk cost fallacy, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but, 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 but. I think you just need to always weigh them up against who you're selling them for and not just looking at it like in isolation. So, you know, when you're looking at phrase, you know, if you could sell them at five nine or something and you could, you know, a little cheeky upgrade to get them to rich, like that's worth it. It's worth just like your selling price is important because, you know, you have value sunk in, but you can't be held hostage to the selling price. And just because you have you you know you you've gotten rises there doesn't mean that you need to hold the player till game week thirty eight. And if there's an opportunity when the fixtures are bad, which I mean now with Fraser, like you've missed already on the last like four bad fixtures, and if you yeah. still have them, then it's a questionable thing. But you know you need to look at it in advance of a, a handful of bad fixtures, and you know that's the time to sell. And I think it's just important to think about the value, and it's just not everything. And you just don't want to be held hostage to it, basically. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think it's really important to sort of more with these players, maybe than other players, is to look in advance and kind of choose when you're going to get rid. Like some, like someone phrased it, I think, is a really good one. Because you don't want to like chop and change this position. You have so much value tied up in one player. You might even want him back when Bournemouth's fixtures get good. It's a little bit more difficult to do. You don't like You don't have the luxury of like, seeing them blank for two games and then maybe getting him out and then maybe changing that position again in three weeks. You want to be looking in advance and be like, I don't want this player for like six to ten weeks straight of bad fixtures. Then that's a good time to move him. That's a good way to like use the value that you've gained, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jeff on Slack, Richarlison and Felipe, very similar in price. Which one would you rather have for the next five to six weeks? Yeah, Rich, Rich not close for me. Um yeah, outside of this exact game week where Rich is home Spurs, then I Rich is the guy I want for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean he's just he's still playing out of position and he's still like the the tip of the spear and I think he's a great pick. Seven yeah. whatever seven change that low sevens. He's yeah, he's yeah. great. He's fantastic. He's great. Yeah. Max on Slack. Trent hold or ditch if the latter for whom. Mm, that's brutal, dude. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's been really frustrating. We were talking about this on Slack today. It's just the Klopp is talking like Edward Howe. Um, not nothing specific about the injury. Nothing saying he has a sprain. He's not saying he has you know ligament damage. He said absolutely nothing besides just that he's like kind of touch and go, kind of good. Using, yeah, yeah he's using like lay person terms of injuries, and he's just not saying anything specific. So. We have no idea. So, if if you can get away with holding him, because he's still cheap, you know, you, you bought you bought him at five. He's not like a seven million defender. If you can get away with keeping him on your bench, and you know, you still have three defenders ahead of him, and you're going three, five, two, three, four, three, something like this, then you hold. And if not, then you got to get rid. And you know, he'll he'll drop probably point two between now and you know, in two weeks from now, and you could buy him back. So yeah, the thing that really the, sucks too is that like he. He will play a maximum of two fixtures, uh, two two matches in this fixture pileup. He's already ruled out for Wolves. He might play against Newcastle, and then Arsenal and City are fucking like five, four or five days apart. Like saving him for City is a real thing that might happen. Um, yeah. So it's just very difficult, and like for yeah. from Klopp's perspective, there's no need to rush him back at all against Wolves and Newcastle. Yeah. 
there's absolutely no reason that he needs to play those games. There are tons of other options. So, yeah, it's kind of sketchy. I would probably lean towards getting rid of him, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, FPL Tornado on Twitter. Do you think the rise of the mid-table, like you've talked about on the last pods, Watford, Bournemouth, West Ham, Wolves, Everton, is responsible for the fewer clean sheets we've seen this year, 20 fewer clean sheets compared to last year at this point? Does that devalue premium defenders? That's interesting. Uh, 20 fewer, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, um, I mean, United is like 15 of those probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I'm reluctant to look at like overarching numbers like that Yeah, when it's taken out of context of just the individual teams because, you know, every year everything is very unique and very different, so... You know, we look at a team like Liverpool this season. It's like, okay, I I still think that they're going to keep a lot of clean sheets and you know that kind of thing. So it's a little bit difficult to to take a take a number like that and just apply it full stop. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't like gone, I haven't looked at the numbers. Obviously, I'm just reading this question now. But it would be interesting to look at the match logs of like Wolves, Everton, West Ham, Watford, Bournemouth, and see like against the top teams have they have those teams pretty consistently not been shut out and that would maybe answer your question just straight up yes or no but yeah i've been yeah. saying that i mean we've both been saying this since fucking preseason is that like city and liverpool are going to lead the league in clean sheets city have fallen off a cliff lately but with their dominance of possession still they'll usually keep it clean and liverpool are just another level of defense it's like ridiculous i expect to yeah. clean every week so yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, if Allison didn't spill that, that was an easy clean for them. Yeah, I mean, I think they've conceded like seven goals on the season or something like that. Two of them are Allison errors. I, it's hard to remember the other five. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah, there's like very few. There's the lock of worldie. There's the weird one at Cardiff that was also like a weird fucked up play. There's like very few goals <laughs> going in. Um. FPL SUP on Twitter, possible replacements for Kolasinic given Doherty and Dean having tough fixtures in game week 18. Mm. I mean, why why are you getting rid of Kola? Is he hurt still? I think we don't know. We don't know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we know who's going to play. Uh, <sighs> officially, yeah. Kolasinic has a chance for tomorrow in the fucking cup, but yeah, I don't don't know if he's playing this weekend. I don't. I mean, this is it's a tough one. Like this bracket of defenders, yeah. there's no one really like great. Um, yeah, there's really not. I mean, I just bought Kiko Femenia. I, I feel like Watford's fixtures are reasonable in the in the medium term, even though they haven't. Been, dude, that was a fucking myth for me. They were up three 0 just coasting, and then they just put two past. And yeah, like, between minutes seventy and eighty, I'm just yeah, like, what sucks. the fuck? Yeah, but I, I still think they're okay. Um, Hard if I, how does feel that? I don't know. They're yeah, it's mo- most of the defenders from like five ish down are just purely rotation guys, and that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. So right. let's let's go on. Let's let's do caps. Let me see if there's any other good ones right here. Yeah, let's just do this one last one. Jess up on Twitter. Standard question, but for those like me on wild card. Who are the first three or four names in a team that you want to build around? 
Salah, Sterling, KDB, Sané, Kuhn, etc. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sané, Sterling, Kane, probably the first three. And then Sané, I would, Sterling, Kane. Yeah, that sounds fine to me. Yeah, and then I would probably look around there. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I would definitely tinker with a Kane-less team and the budget strikers instead and see if I can get enough captaincy options that I like. But I'm yeah, not sure fair. if that's possible. Yeah, that's fair. Might not be. Um, all right, yeah, let's go on. So who are you capping this week? Um, I was a million percent nailed on to Razzie Baby until everyone on Slack started yelling at me that <laughs> that city is playing Palace. So I will be on Kane this week. Oh my god, I forgot about your rule. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Kane. Okay, yeah, I'm on Raz. I think that's very yeah. easy. Who would uh, you yeah. captain Raz versus Sane? I think is one of the major questions of the week. It's Raz, not even remotely close, not even in the same stratosphere. I I still just feel like Raz is three times the player that Sane is, and that's a simple job for me. Yeah, it seems like he's a lot more central, a lot more goals in him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sane is just playing on the peripheral in the left wing, and he's he's relying on a lot of his points from those like low crosses, crosses on the counterattack yeah. and chip. But but Sterling is the player who's going to be scoring the goals, and I yeah. want the player that's scoring the goals. Yeah, goals are good. Yeah, goals are. Yeah, I think I think it's an easy city thing. Although, I mean, Salah's not terrible if you have him. Obs is not terrible. Home Burnley, if you have him, those are fine. Yeah, I agree. A lot of, I, lot I, of cap I, options this week. I think Mo's bad. I mean, I don't want to play against Arsenal. Like that's a tough game. Who? Mo. No, Mo's away to Wolves on Friday. What? Oh. Good job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, away wolves is not easy. Wolves usually, or I don't, they haven't been battered all season, right? So that's yeah, that's probably a yeah, pretty they, not as good cap as the others. Yeah, but they kind of suck. They kind of suck, and they should lose. But it'd be surprising if it was like four or five goals. Yeah, no, um, I agree. Um, all right, and what moves are you looking at this week? I mean, I got to deal with Wayne. He's fucking. Oh I'm yeah. The team. So yeah. So, so I'm, I'm was, probably. Gonna, so was it an injury or was he bombed out? I so I don't understand. We don't know. It yet. was like con- yeah, it was conflicting reports because he yeah. said so, like Woy Woy said something about that he didn't know about the goalkeeper until yesterday or whatever. But I I think he's been bombed out and um, I mean we brought Guita in like like during the off season from Spain that he was supposed to supplant Wayno anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just too sketch. So I, I think I might go to Patricio. Um, it, they're just I can't. You were just picks. talking shit on Wolves defense. Yeah, I, I don't think Wolves defense is good, but I don't think like Watford defense is good. I don't think fucking like Cardiff defense, Huddersfield defense. Like these are the teams that they're in and around for the four or five goalkeeper. West Ham spot. Yeah, West Ham. I think West Ham defense is probably worse than all of the teams I just mentioned. So no, but the I, points though are so good. Yeah, but it's still just like a joke, and I can't go there because it's just I have pride and I have my my name and my. Oh honor. my god! Yeah, no, get the fuck out of here. So oh I think I'm gonna god. just go with Patricio and and just be sad about it. I mean, it's a good job covering the. Hardy points and stuff, I guess. But yeah, man, yeah. Fab just gets the the saves are just so good. The saves and the yeah. bonus points are just so incredibly good with Fab. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave Fab to you because you own him, and if I bought him, I'd break him. So that's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, I'm trying what to see you? like 
Patricio, I mean, he has three saves in each of the last two, but he's, yeah, there's just not, they just don't concede many shots. So he's, he's limited by that. It's tough. Yeah. What are you looking at? That's fine. I think I'm going to save this week. Okay. Uh, my team just looks pretty good, and I already know that I want to do Bilvita Richarlison next week, so I'd rather have two for that. I mean, it's really killing me that my like expensive like Laporte has just been blank city, but I I don't think that's gonna last, so I'm fine there. So I'll figure it out next week. I think Bilvita Rich and something else maybe or float another next week or something like that. All right. Yeah, I think that's that. Um. Let me slap. We had two new Patreon signups this week. Slap their asses. Need their asses. Slap. We got Steve Goad and M. Soot, a.k.a. M. Sutterland. Good job by them. Slap that ass. Get in there. Fix your pileup. Um, okay, bro. Is that it? I think that's it. Any last words? No. Check us out! At FMLfield.com. Follow us on Twitter at FMLfield. Support Patreon.com. Slash FML. No, I agree with you. Podcast Network.